I just want to give you a bit of an insight into the AFL Enjoys team. We're a bunch of unique individuals, Matza, Svender, and Dean. We're going to engage with our minds and our hearts. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, and even our energy. And to speak from your heart, you need to have courage. You need to be honest and authentic. We're not always going to get it right, and sometimes you're not going to agree with us. But that's okay, because just like you, we care. Just like you, we're passionate about the game. So if you want to come along for the ride, join us at the AFL Enjoys podcast, because we really enjoy the footy. Hello and welcome back to the AFL Enjoyers podcast. I'm joined once again by some very happy boys this week, George Svender and James Matza. How are we going, boys? Good, mate. Yourself? Oh, the sunnies are on. The That's lid's it, off. man. We, could, we couldn't help ourselves, man. We had to put the sunnies on from the start. Let's go, What lads. about the cap? What about the Carlton hat, mate? The Carlton hat? The Carlton hey, hat. It's staying on the whole pod. I Fair like enough. it. Is that the one I got you for your birthday on, though? Yeah. Oh, there you go, man. There we go. <laughs> not a very convincing answer there, George. Nice. No, dude just lied straight to my face. <laughs> on camera as well. Hey, that's him, man. He Jeez, 4K. Geez. Caught him lying in 4K. Well, look, the cap is on for a reason. Let's get right into it. The Blues with a massive victory over the Cats. We are Thursday going to night. the grand final. Oh, we are going, going to the grand final. He's pulling a full call. Last week, your grandpa, your papu, said that North Melbourne's going to the grand final. Hey, he was right, anyway. He, he may be right, and we'll get to that. But I think he was talking about a different blue and white team. Oh, a navy blue team. The Carlton Football Club, mate. Hey. Ah, you know right. what? All stakes right. stakes are claimed now. The blues were very impressive. I wow. said it on Instagram. I said the Pies really thought they did something. Oof. And the what? Blues went and did that exact same thing. They did. They so beat the Cats. I'm a very happy man. Hey, as you should be, man. As you should be, man. What did uh, what did you enjoy from the uh, performance, man? Give us a little insight from a well, Carlton perspective. Anytime Carlton wins a big game, the supporters think that they've won a flag. So <laughs> the camaraderie at the end of the game was... As we can see right here, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about, actually. <laughs> <laughs> the camaraderie at the end of the game was amazing. Hugging, kissing, all of the above. Um, so that was... That Beyond was that as well. Yeah. The, the Writing the emotions of the game was fun because I was there with, uh, with my dad as well. So that was good. Um, but it's just good to see Carlton actually, you know, hold the lead. Mm just um and and win a big game so you know we weren't really sure what we're going to expect from the blues after the preseason but two rounds in six points against the tigers and against um against the cats two strong opponents against so, the uh, former premiers former premiers so it's it's you know now we go into some games that are a little bit on paper easier so we've, we've kind of set up a, a good start to the season I don't know, on paper next week's not so easy, but anyway, we'll get to that <laughs> at next week's pod. Um, now, look, the Blues are very impressive. And one thing I noted down, which I find to be even more impressive than the win itself, was no Walsh, no Hewitt, and still bossing the midfield completely. Well, we talk a bit about, you know, the Cats injuries, and they do have injuries, and um, Tom Stewart uh, is a big name out. But yeah, you're right. The, the midfield battle, Walsh and Hewitt gone. I mean, you put those two in the team, makes a big difference. Massive difference. Let's see. Like players like uh, Matthew Kennedy, who he really stepped it up. Uh, Blake Akers and Ed Kerno. Ed Kerno, a bit of a resurgence for the boy, man. He looked really good. So good on them, man. He brought back the tag as well. So he ran with Guthrie and um, you shut him down. You shut him you down. You shut well, him down for, for part Same. of the game, which is good. Mm. That's it. You yeah. did very well, and you touched on the cats before almost catching up and almost spoiling the party for the Blues. And I'm just going to call out two boys here. Tanner Bruin and Jack Bowes, 
you've been recruited to the best team in the land, the reigning premiers. There was two moments in that last quarter that could have dictated the game in a very different way. Firstly, it was Jack Bowes missing an absolute sitter of a set shot, sprayed it completely, lost all composure. And then a few minutes later, Tanner Bruin spinning out of the stoppage, looking like he's going to hit a target, lace out, kicks it on the full. Yeah, that was poor. When you lose by two goals and those two things happen, it could have been a very different ending to the night for the Blues. Um, But those guys need to turn it up a little bit. Mm. Um, You've joined the best team in the land. You can't be putting out that Gold Coast and GWS stuff. That's it. Because you play like that, you're going to get dropped. If they had gone to a team... Say, for example, Bose went to Essendon who wanted him more than the Hawks. He can he can afford to make those mistakes, but not at Geelong. And similar to Dan and Bruin, I think we were linked with him. Um, a few other teams probably as well, but mm. yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bose did uh, let us off the hook. He could have put it within two points, I think, and he missed a pretty easy shot, so I'm happy about that. Um, we all kind of looked at each other in the crowd and just thought, got what? away with one then. What? Yeah, yeah. what? That's some luck. Um, I wanna, I'm going to give some flowers. Actually, oh. I know you guys emptied the florist last week with your flowers. <laughs> so we can find some flowers. We'll, we'll, we'll go into the neighbor's backyard. He's got a couple. I, I wasn't aware of the of the flowers tradition, but I, I'm going to give mine to Jeremy Cameron. Thank you. Thank you. Who yeah. put in one of the best individual performances I've seen maybe in, in, in a very long time, but maybe ever. Six goals, 25 possessions. He did not even get close to missing. Kept his whole team in it. It was a ridiculous performance. And what I was most impressed by, those 50-meter plus set shots he doesn't need to run off his line it doesn't look like he's even trying to kick it 60 meters on a straight drop punt you saying he did it without even trying i i'm fairly certain he wasn't trying but <laughs> i'm fairly certain he he looks like he's not trying though genuinely it's ridiculous yeah, i agree i think he after that game i think he's reminded us regardless of how good charlie kerno was jeremy cameron he's the best key forward in the league at the moment, I did call him Georgie. for the Brownlow in the opening no, 100%. pod. He's, he's a freak of nature. There's, there's, I think Carlton fans were, were leaving the crowd going, wow, that's an amazing win. And also Jeremy Cameron's a freak. Like He won everyone over. If you hadn't already in that performance, that was crazy. He could be the best player in the league entirely, not just keep, not just keep forwards. Just who's, like, he, he must be in the top five minimum. Yeah, well, he's not just getting the goals. He's, like you said... Close to 30 touches for a forward is ridiculous. Surely he gets the, th- the three votes. Like, it'd be good to look back on Brownland night and see who got the three votes. Mm. You'd have to give it to Cameron over yeah. Kerno. And then Kerno will get one or two. Yeah. And then other than that... I'd... Maybe like a Saad or something like that. Yeah. I like Matt. I like Matthew Kennedy, man. I think he had a great game as well. Yeah. Like, I don't think he'll get it because he's not as... They don't sing his praises as much in the media and, you know, the umpires might not notice him as much, but I thought he was really good. And speaking of Saad, actually, I've got a question for... George, and more broadly to the Carlton fan base, what is the deal with that noise that Carlton fans make when Saad kicks the ball? I swear it wasn't happening last year. Maybe I'm just misremembering. But can you explain it, George, if you can? And what's what's going on there? So, Ange Kustu used to get that kind of woof um, treatment every time he kicked the, the ball. And I actually don't know much about the history okay. of that. But he, Ange Kustu, did a social media post last year backing in Adam Saad and encouraging them to get behind him. And ever since then, it's just stuck now. So That's that's really nice, actually. Is he, is he the guy who has the ice cream shop? Yeah, uh, it's North North something. It's a fish and chip shop in uh, in uh, Northgate Plaza. Yeah, the yeah, there you go. No, yeah, we, we see him relatively, relatively often, actually. Yeah, yeah. there we yeah, go. Yeah. Well, thanks for that explanation because I was very confused. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think it's going anywhere now, for better or for worse, so... He's going to have to put up with it. Yeah. 
Fair enough. Like, he played really well, though. Um, very impressed by his defending. Obviously, he's electrifying when he gets the ball, but um, he does a decent job of shutting down his man as well, which you um, can't underestimate. Yeah, 100%. Now, yeah, I've, yeah. Got, I've got a note here, and it says, give some stick to the boys. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Hey, I've got some. I've got some stick to. I've got some sticks <laughs> to give as well, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> before before we move on, not backing in the Blues against the Tigers, not backing in the Blues against Geelong. We got one of them right, bro. Well, irrespective, irrespective, you guys obviously we're mates. Obviously, we back each other in, but going against the Blues and not believing in your second team. Well, we'll get to your predictions of the <laughs> North know, games you later. Can't talk, my we'll get you, we'll get there, to your predictions of the North on. games. There later, is a so. scene in Braveheart, one of my favorite films. <laughs> Here we go, reenact the brother. I think fifteen minutes in. If anyone wants to click through it, William Wallace and twenty three seconds. <laughs> William Wallace's dad, he, he passed away. Spoiler alert! And in a dream, he turns to William and he's like, "Your heart is free. Have the courage to follow it." And wow. that's that's the message to you boys. Have the courage to follow that is deep. the Carlton Football Club. My heart was in f- their journey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. We'll leave That's it. We'll say. leave it at that. That was really poetic and beautiful. We'll leave it Thank at you that. But you home. also did say last week it was a hard narrative to sell. Seeing the I don't want to be held. I don't want to be held accountable okay. for what I say. <laughs> oh jeez. Um, all right. I think we should. Uh, we've probably spent about like fifteen minutes talking about that game. Let's go another. 15. George deserved right. it. Nah, fair enough. We had to. We had to give uh, Carlton their flowers, <laughs> as uh, as we like to do on this show. Um, uh, the next game, Brizzy versus Melbourne. The lights went out. That was a that was a really entertaining game. I reckon. Oh, I love that thirty minutes break <laughs> in that last quarter. Yeah, no, nah, I went. I went to bed. I went to bed after. I'm like, yeah, nah, too much for me. I di- I didn't get to see Melbourne's little. Um, resurgence because I'm like, nah, nah, can't do it. I'll tell you what, in my opinion, the first and maybe only talking point of this game is Will Ashcroft. Obviously, his performance, he announced himself to the league, number one draft pick, looks the goods. But I do want to comment also on the kid he's playing the part, not only on the field, his hair, the mane of a lion, unreal. He does look like a lion. When he gets a bit older and he can grow a beard, if he does not grow a Travis Johnston-esque beard <laughs> and maintain that long hair and turn into a f- literal lion, yeah. I'll be disappointed. Um, they can literally replace the logo with him. Literally. Why um, not? What I a player, though. What a player. Lion King 5 is just a picture of him. 100%. The front cover. <laughs> yeah. It's all yeah. him. It's all him. But he yeah. was fantastic. The mm. Lions were great. Um, yeah. Zorko come back into the team. Really, He's, he's breaking lines at 45 years old, man. That dude... He's a he's a great footballer, man. It's almost it's almost like when Gary Ablett got a bit older, oh, sacrilege, a bit bit too much. But Gary Bill Jr. when he got older, he still had that pace to break lines and play that half forward role. It's kind of what Zorko's doing now, Positioning man. Positioning and intensity of his play doesn't go away. Yeah, he's so. a bit of a barometer, I think. For the they talk, who is the who's the barometer? Matheson. Yeah, Matheson. Matheson. Like, it's not Matheson. That's the fake. He's barometer. the VFL it's, team's yeah. barometer. <laughs> <laughs> he's with Mitch Robinson. Zorko, man. Zorko's the man. Yeah. Oh, um, and again, nice. another thing we've got to mention as well, um, uh, Gunston, the slowest ever ankle breaker <laughs> Did you see on, on Harrison Petty. My my goodness. Petty, the way his foot beats went. Right. You know, poor fella. Poor if, fella. If but Petty was in the NBA, he'd be on SportsCenter. Top 10. Oh, be shacked and a fool, that shacked boy. Shacked a fool as well. 100%. Yeah, that was, that was, that was tough by, uh, by Jack Gunston. It, Shout it out a, to him. It was a good response from the Lions, though, because obviously they got smacked by Port. It was a pretty terrible first-round performance. Mm. Um, and so they got beat around the ball, and they really responded. I've got the 60 to 32 clearances and 20 
clearances to 10 clearances, center, center bounce clearances. So they just dominated in the midfield. Against, had no against one of the best center bounce teams. That's right. Yeah, I think probably Brody Grundy being forced into the ruck without that chemistry between him and Oliver and Petrarca, I think that probably has something to do with it. But regardless, you still got to get those clearances. Yeah. So, Do you think Gorn potentially being injured for a long time played on their mind at all, affected their mentality in the game? I think it might have. And yeah, it's weird that we didn't even mention it until now. But yeah, Gorn, um, that injury at the start of the game, that that's a huge impact. That's the captain. That's the dude who, you know, the structure really centers around him because they play they play big and also he can he covers the ground and takes intercept marks. It's it's huge. Yeah. I still do think the Lions were just up for it. They had the crowd behind them and a real chip on their shoulder to prove themselves after a disappointing round one. But um I did want to just mention actually Potentially the secret to the Lions' turnaround. Anyone, any Eagle Eye viewers notice Reese Conker is one of their runners now. I just wanted to shout him out. Oh, uh, whoa! You know, good Jeez. on him for. This is a guy who actually around. watched the game. Um, I was wow. Oh, mate, I noticed him on the bench there. I'm, I'm on a bit of a runner watch this year. Just on the lookout for ex players on on the run duties. Is Boomer um, still our runner? He's not. Like he's not. Unfortunately, oh. he's taking a hiatus at the moment. Oh, um, okay. Mutual, mutual. Um, Fair enough. Fair we've enough. got Daniel Cross now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah so there you go. Crossy. Yeah, he's a good player. So run a watch, cross at north, conquer at the Lions. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's getting in their ear, giving them some good advice. He's got a big engine on him. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> I think um, that is probably the biggest turnaround from round one to round two. It was, would be Brizzy in yeah. my eyes. And like the contrast is for the next game, it's the biggest turnaround the other way from Port... And I think Dean has he's got some words to say. He's uh, I've got many words. Got many words. Um, the first Just give us is, a couple. Yeah, first one's this. I was way too quick to apologize last week. The power Take it back. I'm taking it back and some. Okay. Here's, <laughs> here's what I have to say. Firstly, what was more of a power adage? Friday night or Saturday Arvo? I'm pretty Ooh. sure Saturday Arvo. Was. <laughs> I okay. agree. Man. Now look, Collingwood's an amazing team. We'll get to them. They're gonna get theirs. Port Adelaide. Zero desire, zero run. Jason Horn Francis. You guys called it last week. Maybe he's going to resort back to not having his ice baths. He was horrendous. <laughs> Didn't take his recovery seriously. And, and what does he do? Six frees against when things aren't going his way, just like he did last year at all year at North. And we defended him. We defended him all year. He spat the dummy once again, six frees against. Um, probably biggest look in the AFL uh, at this point in time. Um, Some big takes tonight, I think. Oh, look. My point is this, though. The power cannot go and just be beating teams at home and then come up against a genuine top four team and put out that horrendous performance. I don't care how good Collingwood are. You've just had a great win against the maybe potential fu- uh, top four team in the future and you've just stunk it up completely. Um, Hinkley talking a big game, tagging Dacos. How did that work out? Yeah, had that go, man. Right, first coach to be sacked. I'm still I'm standing by that. I'm doubling down I'll, from last I like week. it. I like it. Because if they don't make top eight, where, what's Ken Hinkley doing? Yeah, well, How's he going to improve it now? He's got, he's got the best list that he's had for years. You know, he's got uh, the inside midfield brigade on paper, Razee, Horn Francis, Wines, Boke as well, who's Butters. coming, Barters. Yeah, what's going on, man? What's going on? And they lost contested possession by 57, which is an absolute thumping. 15 to 4 contested, um, uh, I think, no, clearance is 39 to 27, I've got. So that's, they just got sorted around the ball. and. Um, yeah, you're right. It is a bit night and day from last week. Yeah, um, and we really should turn it around. Collingwood, again, similar to last week or the previous week. Yeah, it's just 
Flag favourites. Flag favourites. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Dacos, with the threat of a tag, still did what he wanted to do and more. Come on, man. So... So da- yeah. Nick Dacos had 661 meters gained and Josh Dacos 574. So that was the two most in the game, the brothers. Is that the highest that two brothers have gotten in a game? Sure. For it'd meters gained. Start, it'd be an interesting start to look at. Yeah. Well, who's the competition? Brad and Chris Scott back in the day? <laughs> yeah. Ch- hey, the Tom and Sander Connie. Chad and Kane back in the day. Yeah, true. Chad Scott and Selwood Kane. and Joel Selwood. They were actually, I, I saw something on Facebook or AFL website, whatever it was, that yeah, Kane and Chad were the last all Australian brothers you know, in the same mm. all Australian team. Could it be the Dacos boys this year? Maybe, maybe. It I wouldn't surprise that, me if they on, keep playing on the as wings well or something like that. Yeah, yeah, Dac- yeah. One, one on the wing, one at halfback. Yeah. Oh, the Pies were fantastic though, boys. And obviously, the Dacos brothers get their respect and their love because they were fantastic. But let's not forget those veterans in that team, side bottom. Every time we want to write this guy off, he just comes back stronger. Pendlebury the same. Mm. Tom Mitchell. Another solid outing. Doesn't need to get those crazy 40-touch games anymore. 28, 30 will do. And he's just playing his role fantastically. Mm. Um, and another guy who, built, building upon his uh, excellence at the end of last season, Darcy Cameron. Yeah, what a guy. He's just this very, very good ruckman, man. He, um, he's one of those ruckmen similar to like a role marshal. He goes in for the second efforts. He's not a high hit-outs guy, but he still you know gets in amongst it. Yeah, look, I think we can all agree that the Pies have been the most impressive team so far in terms of quality of opposition beaten. Um, we'll get to Sydney a bit later who are also looking very good. But um, yeah, scary times for everyone else in the league, but good on the Pies. Yeah, it's a big game on Friday night, Pies-Tigers. going to draw a massive crowd, so looking forward to that one for sure. Um, I saw, I just want to add, I saw a, a shout-out to this Facebook group called the Useless uh, AFL Stats. Will Hoskin Elliott, now the the... Most games played for a player with a hyphenated name. Oh, so, wow. Shout out to Hoskin Elliott, friend of the pod for sure. Yeah, he's a viewer. Good on you. Well done, Will. Well done, Will. That's a great start. That, Thanks, is, a good, that is a good start. <laughs> that is a good start. Uh, awesome. Shall we move on to the next game, which was the yeah. Crows v. the Tigers? I will just mention, actually, we got that tip right. We did get... Th- uh, wait, which one? Which one? The Pies. Sorry, the Pies power oh, game. I was going to say, this yeah, next one. This next one, something happened. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get <laughs> something to that. Something happened. But just, <laughs> let's start from around the first game again. So, we, George mentioned we tipped against the Blues. Sorry, George. We were 0-1. We did also... I think we tipped Melbourne. We did. We um, did. So, sorry about that one again. That was me. Um, <laughs> pies beat the power. We got that one. So, we're 1-2 and two at the moment. And then we get to the fourth game. Crows v Tigers. So, but, this, uh, is, this is go. the one where... We're doing the tips. I go, I'm going to go with the Tigers. You know, they're a more experienced team, you know. And then all of a sudden, these guys went, crows, crows. Look. The disrespect. Mata, you did not watch the first half of that crows game last week. And we saw some great stuff, didn't we, George? I and saw we the thought, scores going up. We thought maybe with the crowd behind them and that same first half effort that they would have enough. Look, Adelaide can play footy. But I think the problem in the first two rounds is they just can't keep it up for the four quarters. There's a world where they win that game if they play better for four quarters and not just two. Fair enough. Fair enough, man. But yeah, no, Richmond came out to play today. Oh, that fell on, on Saturday. Yeah, on Saturday Let's they came forget, out to play. Let's not forget though, the Tigers were up by what, 20, 30 points and then the Crows came yeah, right they back. They came back. Them. They can play ballistic footy. They can. Yeah. They just can't keep it up at the moment. Um, they're playing in patches, quite massive swings in the games. Like I said, they were within what, a kick at one point. And then they just blew out again. So, so I guess uh, we can say that it's not really them losing isn't them being 
particularly bad. It's just that in this case, Richmond were more consistent throughout the game. Yeah, they wrestled the back momentum and the Crows just aren't mature enough yeah, to deal with it, I don't enough. think. Um, um, I will say, bounce back for Rory Laird. Thank you. Yeah. Um, had him VC on my super coach. You can check out yeah. that pod, uh, the extra episode. But um, yeah, good players don't stay down for long, do they, George? That's it. No, that's right. And um, it's also good to see uh, Hopper and Taranto back up kind of round one, especially Hopper kind of came back and had a, had a stronger performance. But, you know, they're the two dominant mids now in the Richmond team. So Prestia didn't have as big of a of an impact in that game. He's still a great player, but, you know, they're, they're the new look midfielders for the, for the Tigers. Yeah, I was going to say Hopper was huge compared to his round one where he was sloppy, he was fumbling. In this game, it just looked like everything just stuck for him. Um, his disposal was clean. Yeah, um, he, yeah, he came out to play. Um, shame that he got injured towards the end of the game. He only managed, I think, 70% time on ground because he... Did a had a little knee injury. Hopefully, he can get back and um, give our super coach teams a a bit of a, of a spark in round three. But we'll see how we go. I'm sure he will. And Tigers are in a little bit of an interesting spot. They weren't convincing against the Blues. They won nice win, not particularly overly convincing against the Crows. And they've got a massive test, which we'll get to in our tips later. But mm. uh, against the Pies this week. So yeah. yeah. another little player that I want to just mention is uh, Samson Ryan. As well, he three got three goals. goals. Yeah, he yeah, played well, didn't he? It really because it's seeming as though Jack Rewalt probably be his last year or two. Probably this year will be his last. The passing of the torch is happening right now, and it's Samson Ryan. Um, yeah, he's ready for AFL football. I'm pretty sure he kicked the ball out on the full round round one too. So he had some kicking practice, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he played round one, bro. Did he not? Who who was the other one? Who was the other tall guy that kicked it out on the full? Some other uh, tall guy. Some tall guy. I don't know. <laughs> they're all they're all tall. Um, and look, yeah. as always, there's a few reportings that happen during the week. We'll let the guys on AFL 360 and on the couch and all those other ones talk about the sling tackles and the bumps. The bumps and dead. So, the bumps dead. Bumps dead. Um, yeah, sling tackles are dead as well. So we're not going to mention that too much. Yeah. Um, yeah. All good. Now, Matzo, you wanted to talk a bit about the Sainters. They had a nice win against the Dogs, which I was the only one that tipped the Saints. If you recall that. Yeah. Shout out to you. Shout out to you. But for us, we didn't have the... um, Now that we've got two rounds under our belt, we know that the Saints are real. And I'm not going to disrespect them with tips anymore. So the thing with the Saints is the energy that they play with defensively, um, covering... When the Bulldogs were in their defensive... In the defensive position, trying to kick it out from half back, their structure pushing forward and pressuring them was incredible and they couldn't get forward the Bulldogs um, and when St. Kilda eventually picked off those passes from um, from the when Saints picked off the passes from the Bulldogs they pushed the forward super quick didn't give um, uh, Western Bulldogs a chance to set themselves up and that's how they got most of their goals um, yeah they're, they're a really good team man. and the makeshift forward line with Kamenetti Philippu Owens Cordy all those dudes you know providing that height allows Rowan Marshall to stay in the ruck and that's where he plays his best footy. So good on those boys. Yeah, no, 100%. And um, you talk about that makeshift forward line. I mean, Cordy, I don't think has ever played forward. Caminiti wasn't on the list last year. Um, he wasn't Lepu. on the list like three weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he just got you, there. I think the story with Caminiti is he was a, a VFL res, a reserves player for Carlton. Mm-hmm. And Jack Silvani saw him. He's like, oh, geez, this player's pretty good. He went home and told his dad, Stephen Silvani, and Stephen Silvani is the recruiter for the Saints. And he picked wow. him up. 
Why did he do that, man? He should have let his uh, he should let his um, his own team recruiters know. Yeah, I'd, not that you guys need another key forward, but still, he looks good, really, really good. Yeah, no, nah, very mobile. Um, he's a tall boy as well, so yeah, no, nah, good on him. I will say about the Saints in the sense that yeah, they do have the makeshift forward line and um, obviously changing game plan, sort of baited the dogs into making a lot of mistakes and then hitting them the other way. But when you look at their uh, the plays on their best. For the week, still there, the leaders, Jack Steele, Rowan Marshall, Brad Crouch, Jack Sinclair, Brad Hill. All those guys that they've invested a lot of time in. Um, and money and draft picks. Time and picks. money, draft picks, yep. the leadership of the whole team, are part of their best squad um, and performing consistently, which is great. Yeah, and that, that's huge because then it allows the X factors to be just that. You know, They don't have to carry the load. Say, Philippu, he, he kicked a snap from 40 meters. Mm-hmm. There was a the set shot from 55 Man, kid can play. Kid can play. And, and he actually, just needs like little moments. He doesn't need to carry the load, which is just, it's perfect. And part of the intrigue with him in his draft year as well was that he was very young for last year's draft. He could have actually waited and been like a regular age this year. So He still looks 15. So, yeah, yeah. And he's gone. He's going to get really good really quickly. Um, but yeah, they well got a, They got a really good one. And mate, this yeah. draft is looking really good so far with Ashcroft, Sheasel, mm. um, McKenzie, um, Philippu Hollands as well Hollands we haven't seen um, Sardis play yet for the Dons I'm sure he'll be good what, what a draft playing. so far we'll this, is, this is great yeah it's it's uh, you know the Ross the boss the Ross no loss factor is um, <laughs> it, it goes to show that good coaches can make any team kind of work right I'm not saying that the Saints don't have talent they, they obviously do and um, they look like a relatively good kicking side as well but you know they were kind of a, a nothing team last year. They didn't really have much of an identity. You bring in a coach that has a defensive mindset that's also talking about playing attacking footy. And then, you know, you, you come out and look look at the relentless pressure that they're putting in. They've obviously got a lot of injuries, not a lot of first-choice players playing, but it doesn't matter. It's bodies against bodies. So it's, it's good for the Saints. And we should obviously touch on the fact that the Dogs, something's not right there. The forward structure in the preseason... Uh, season review pod that we did i had them uh pegged in at about fifth on the ladder i believe maybe sixth actually yeah. it was sixth um maybe 16th at this point man. Yeah, yeah look they're looking nah, horrible um josh bruce back in defense like i'm sorry that just reeks of you want to play him but you can't fit him in the forward line just yeah come on man um uh, yeah i think structures just, just trying to trying to get an added of, out of the defense that's what they just they can't do that right now yeah well, it's, they've got they've scored the dogs scored forty one points round one and sixty five round two. That's the second lowest out of any team in the comp. It only only the Hawks have scored less points, four. So and that's only thirty seven inside fifties for that game. So they just they can't transition the ball and they can't stop the transition. They just what's going on? It feels like all their goals they're not they're coming from um, when St Kilda made their mistakes. They capitalized and Bont helped in that. I think he was he was part of a lot of those chains. So you can't rely on that. You can't rely on that, you know, just other the other team making mistakes. They've got you know, we, they've got some big names in the midfield, but they're actually last in the comp at the moment from scoring from stoppages. That's so, that's shocking. That so should not be the case. Do you guys think I didn't think this but there's some talk now about, you know, Dunkley going and Hunter going. We thought maybe that they'd have the midfielders to cover that. Do you think that that's the case or maybe they're they're missing Dunkley and Hunter and maybe that's affecting them. What do you think? Definitely missing him. But you would think that Libba, uh, Bailey, 
would be enough to just to cover that. that it, yeah. it doesn't explain not. how bad they've been. For exactly. sure, exactly. for sure, it hurts your team, but this is more than that. I believe um, it's a whole team issue. Maybe this is, you know, maybe this is Bevo's last year. If it doesn't, if he doesn't pick it up, well, hey, he's had a good run. He's had a great run. Not he to won, say that you know, it's won over, a premiership, but... you know, and that's and that's that's the thing. I was talking to a Bulldog supporter, and I was like, "Look, you guys won a premiership in the last ten years. That's honestly, and you did it early. But like, if we get one premiership out of Clarko, that's all I want. I don't need two, three, four, five. You just want one. Well, that's a nice yeah. transition there, Matza. Thank you for that. Let's look, go. Look. We'll keep a lid on it. However, <laughs> however, upset of the round. North yep. is two and zero. Oh. Shoe in apparently. Was yeah, Fremantle. George. Let's let's just start let's, there. Actually, yeah. He's like Frio's a shoe in. Frio's a shoe in. At quarter time of the match, when North had a nice four goal lead, I said to George, "I don't know. Frio might have something to worry about here." And you said, "They really don't. <laughs> they really That's don't." That's what you said, George. Oh. Goodness, I'm pretty sure they were worried at the end of that game, weren't they, George? Look, if, oh, you take, wow. if you take the North Melbourne hat off for a second, you have to... It's permanently on my head. As, anyway. a, as a neutral supporter, the fact that Freo lost that game is atrocious from their perspective. But here's the thing. I agree with you. And that's what the commentators were saying all night long. But how about North just stifled them completely? Won the ball where it mattered in the middle, set up well in defense, and punished them when it mattered. I think Frio has some problems, for sure. They're not playing their best footy. But when you're not playing your best footy and you come up against a supposed bad team, play your game. No, it's, it's, all, it's all credit to North. And I'm happy that you guys end up winning in the end because it, it got close and there's a controversial decision we can talk about. Not but. at all. <laughs> but uh, it, Look, there was, there was a controversial decision then. But also the, the refereeing, the umpiring beforehand was just atrocious towards us. I will say it this. really was, and that's yeah. just not that's just not me being you know uh, maybe it is a bit the one eyed supporter thing, but li- seriously, it was bad. Well, was I've written really it down: thirty four free kicks to the Dockers, mm. twenty three to North. So they had eleven more free kicks, and some of them were leading to goals. So look, we're not going to get into that too much. It wasn't about that. Yeah, yeah. Overall, let's um, just talk about the good stuff about. Let's talk about the good stuff. LDU is. Just about the best midfielder in the competition right well, now. Well, he's leading the Brownlow count at the moment, you would think, surely. He's, well, got, he's, got, he's got 20 coaches' votes, so two perfect games. Correct. Now, Nick Larkey is leading the Coleman, the best drop punt set shot inside 50 in the game currently. He just yep. never looks like missing. Um, Absolutely. Goldie comes back in the team. Did you see when he was on the mark for Frederick's set shot outside 50 and Frederick tried to take him on and Goldie just wasn't having any of it and pinned him? Incredible moment. Still a very still mobile for a thirty nine year old, however old he is. Oh mate, he's yeah. the best. He's, he's timeless. Harry Sheasel's done it again. Saves the game at the end. Another thirty disposals. Um, the kid is absolutely superb. LDU dropping the f bomb in the post match interview. Yeah, that was good, man. Fantastic. That's the passion, you know. There was a few. There was a couple other things as well. The best defender on the ground was a guy that Freer tried to play in the forward line last year, and it didn't really work. And then he came to us. Griffin Logue was yeah. immense, man. Free offense. Why are you booing a player mm. that you played out of position and forced out of your team and then just left for more opportunity? Exactly. You exactly. you caused the situation. Not you, the fans, but no, your, you, your the team, fans. you the fans. You the your team has made a decision. <laughs> you don't boo the guy. He's coming back home. Yeah. Um, and yes, he just destroyed your forward line, but you know, mm. have some respect. Non existent forward line. Um, and uh Clarko. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Clarko, he was that was fantastic to see, man. And there was some, uh, you know, um, 
AFL commentators who weren't entirely happy with that. You know, some journos, um, cheeky Caro. That's what, what's wrong with you, Caro? Come on, that was that was a great part of the game. That was fantastic. Who scene. hurt Caro? We just we who hurt you from North Melbourne? No one definitely hurt her for sure because yeah. she's got a problem with a lot of things. Yeah, but like that's the I don't know. Maybe that's that's might be the you know the typical AFL media trying to create a little bit of discussion and cause a bit of controversy. So fair enough. Um, yeah, but nah, Clarko being out there showing the support to the boys and geeing them up, you know, high fives, this and that. It was great, man. It's what you want to see. Well, he's got the belief in the team now, and we'll get to our tips later on, but North has the Hawks this week. Um, so there's a world in which North is 3-0. We'll get to that later, but who would have thought as a North fan? You would have thought that it would be a hard narrative to sell, uh, that, North, <laughs> <laughs> that North would be 3-0. What's, what's the stats going 3-0 and, zero and and making or not making finals? That's what I want to well, know. Well, I think if you're 2-0, I read this earlier, you're 70-odd percent chance... Mm. That may finals. have been in the that may have been in the family WhatsApp. It might have been. It may or may not. And another thing that was in the family WhatsApp was um, two teams that are. Um, it's the third time in AFL history where the top team of last year, the premiers of last year, are zero and two, and the bottom team from last year is two and zero. So you know, big turnaround. It's incredible stuff. And I did just want to touch on the Dockers as well. Obviously, we're very excited for North. Happy to talk about them all day. But. Yep. I'm making a claim right now. Luke Jackson, is he the most... I'm not saying he doesn't have the potential, but is he currently the most overrated player in the AFL? I don't think that he is a natural forward. I think when he played his best footy at Melbourne, it was when Gorn took himself out of the ruck and Jackson played a ruck role. You saw even in the grand final a couple of years ago when um, Melbourne kicked those goals, like three goals in 30 seconds. That was like Jackson being part of that. I think that he's just a better ruckman i don't think he's a forward player and and they need a forward because they subbed out tabana because he wasn't performing brought on sunny sunny walters walters kicked two goals umira came in and kicked two goals in the last quarter i mean who are they relying on jamie's he's a young player but didn't have an impact they got problems in the forward line jamie's looking like the undertaker out there love it i know man boys t- boy boy needs some sleep man <laughs> um yeah there was a time where they were talking about luke jackson possibly playing as like a tall midfielder. Like, why not? Why not give that a shot? Because the midfield isn't doing much. Um, we don't want either him or Darcy in the forward line because they're just, they're, they're not, they're, they're, they've got to be in the in the contest. Well, it only works if you deliver the ball how a Ruckman needs it to live it into the 50. And they're just not getting the ball in there to make use of the height. And they're just standing under the ball. And then guys like Griffin Logue are just jumping up and third man upping it out of the, out of the bounds. So... Um, out of the bounds. That was nice. Um, but yeah, look, it's just not working. It's not working at the moment. I think it's a bit of an overreaction. Darcy's still a good player. Jackson, he's very talented. But yeah, you can just see the the, the athleticism of the guy. You know, almost two hundred centimeters, or maybe he's two hundred centimeters, and he has such a he's such a fluid athlete. You, there's 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 a lot to work with there. So yeah, I think Frio and I think the Dogs are probably the two teams that are really underperforming at the moment. And these are teams that have been in the top eight discussion. At the moment, you wouldn't have them anywhere near that. The one little thing I will say about Ferrero is that they are young compared to the Doggies. Like they're still, I think their average age played in the game was very similar to North's, which you wouldn't think because they've been, you know, um, touted as a finals team, but they're still very young. So the issue is now, though, I agree. They probably overachieved last year, but then they've gone and recruited Jackson, they've recruited O'Meara. So they're obviously thinking they're in some sort of a window, and it's so far it's just been disastrous. 
Yeah, well, at least Jackson's young, but the O'Meara one is a win now sort yeah. of pick, but yeah. Well, look, speaking of young teams, the next game, Swans absolutely hammering the Hawks. Now, before we get into too many details, I've got a bit of a hot take from some people very close to me that are Hawthorne supporters. It's a bit controversial, perhaps, given we sort of knew what Hawthorne was getting into this year, but they're saying Mitchell out, boys. And I'm not even joking. Like, wow. genuinely disgusted at what they're seeing, both in terms of the naivety of the rebuild, stripping all of their senior players. Only one player over 30 on that list, Luke Bruce. Their other leader, Sicily, he's he, he, moving into his prime, but he's not been there and done that like Bruce has. It's pretty bleak from a rebuild point of view when you're so young and you just know you're going to be playing... Um, trying to be playing exciting footy and just the ball's coming the other way constantly. North tried it last year, tried to play attacking footy, just did not work early on and they just, we know how that ended. Um, but they are not happy at all. It's funny because I have a, a, very, a different opinion on that just because the Hawthorne, Hawthorne with Jaeger O'Meara and with Tom Mitchell, they weren't going anywhere. They weren't going anywhere anywhere. So I think the fact that they decided, all right, we're going to prioritize the youth. We're going to give guys like Josh Ward, and um, McKenzie and Will Day some midfield time. I love that personally. Um, and then this might be coming from the NBA fan perspective, where I think you know if you tank, you know if you tank when you need to, your team's going to come up pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm I don't mind what the Hawks are doing. You know, if they lose a few games, they get Harley Reid, who's going to be one of the better youngsters, you know, that's come through um, in you know the last I don't know however many years. But you know, I don't know. I don't think it's too bad for them. For me, if I put in like the Carlton perspective, I've seen Carlton go through a lot of rebuilds and there was the one, the, the most recent one under Brendan Bolton where they were playing Dow and Sam Petrescu Seaton and whoever else was there at the time. Like young kids in their first year playing on ball and getting slaughtered just like the Hawks. So I was obviously disappointed at the time and annoyed, but I kind of knew that there was a, a bigger picture. The Hawks are kind of just doing the same thing. They, they're they saying, we're going to suck until we don't suck. But when we don't suck, we're going to be really good. But if you're an actual Hawks supporter in the thick of it, watching your team every week, it's going to be frustrating. But I, I think it's pretty clear they've they've drafted well and they've got good kids. Just, yeah, it's they're inexperienced. Yeah, I see it both ways. I think there's time will tell which opinion is proving to be correct. But from my point of view as well, my belief is if a young player is good enough, they'll get the games they deserve. Um, no point sort of taking a punt on your draft analysis. Obviously, you're backing the guys you, you pick, but gifting games early on, maybe when they're not ready, there's nothing wrong with learning from more senior players as well. Um, like a North Melbourne perspective, seeing LDU, it's taken him a few years to get to this point, learning off Cunners, learning off Simkin, who's a bit older. Um, the value in that versus getting games into them, but what's the use getting games into you if you're just getting pumped by 80 points every week? There's a grey area there. All I know is, yeah, they're not happy at all and questioning Mitchell's ability to even get them out of it in the long run anyway. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I, th- I think that similar to the Noble, um, how we experienced, you know, David Noble's uh, coaching and when he got when he got fired, I think it was knowing that Clarko was coming in, mm-hmm. you know. So or knowing that Clarko was available, there was a few good coaches available. That's the only reason why you'd give up on Mitchell so early is if you know someone's there for the taking. But... I don't know. It'd be interesting to look at other teams that have done a really massive rebuild and to see whether the coach that started the rebuild ends up finishing it. Because if it's like a five-year period, you know, clubs demand success, 
supporters and members to manage success. And sometimes that pressure mounts to a point where they have to do something about it. Mm-hmm. So it would be interesting to see whether they back in Mitchell through the really, really hard times. If, if, if they don't win a game for, you know, if they win one game a year for the next couple of years or it's something really, really bad like a Carlton, like a David Teague or Brendan Bolton was like mm-hmm. two, three wins out of 40 games. If it's that bad, whether they have the balls to, to um, keep him in, in the position. Well, even look at Collingwood at the moment. I mean, they could easily tap Pendlebury on the shoulder, side bottom on the shoulder and say, sorry, boys, we need to get Dacos on ball at every centre bounce. But you can still have those players develop and maintain a competitive side. So it's a bit of a grey area. I think they're in trouble, the Hawks, this year. If they're going to keep trying to play that daring football with such inexperience. They're going to be on the end of a few of these. Um, but look, Sydney, we're not talking about them too much for a reason. We know that they're a top-four team. They're very good. Uh, Hawthorne's not very good at all. So it was yeah. bound to happen. But I think the only um, new thing we can really say about Sydney is um, Amadi and uh, McDonald. Both, yeah. uh, was it nine goals between them? Very entertaining stuff. Yeah. So. Amadi has played well every time I'm, Every time I've seen him. It's just he pops in when there's big injuries, plays well, then gets dropped. Yeah. See, it's, he's one of those young guys. If he does play a bad game, they're not scared to drop him. You know, and that's because you have McDonald, you have Buddy, you have Sam Reed. There's just there's other options. Yeah. Oh, good stuff, boys. And I think we'll get to the next game now. So the Bombers beat the Suns. Now here's round an, one. Here's another one where I started the tipping with the Bombers <laughs> and you guys went Suns, Suns. Well look. Second so. team of the pod. Second team of the pod. Have some respect, mate. Anyway. Um <laughs> now they're the second team. <laughs> well now right. look. Let's be honest. All right. Round one, we didn't really think the Bombers would be much this year. Mm. I know I certainly didn't. We didn't give them too much respect after round one. Now, here we are at round two. They've had another win. They I haven't versed anyone, mate. I personally, I'm not quite there yet. I'm sorry, Bombers fans. <laughs> Man, let's, uh, let's, let's, come not on. Not quite there, but I, I'm respecting what they're doing. I will come say on. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, Setterfield is, um, he's, he's had a good showing in the first couple of weeks. I think that's, that's a big positive. Parish, Merritt. The midfield, they've they've gotten that tall midfielder that they needed, you know, the last few years, you know, finally. I think they're pretty good, man. I think they're pretty good. They have, I like, they uh, have I like McGrath names. as well, playing in, yeah. at, actually playing his best position, the halfback. Yeah. Zerk Thatcher, sorry, sorry, I'll keep interrupting. <laughs> Zerk Thatcher, Zerk Thatcher had a really good game. He got injured towards the end, man, but before he got injured, he was really, he, he was uh, intercepting, he was spoiling. I liked him a lot. I'm really interested to see how the Dons go against a stronger team because they have they they versed um, Hawks and and Gold Coast. So and the shame is that Gold Coast are they a bad team again? They're a bad team. I have to say, yeah, yeah that was going to be my point, which is I was watching that game. The Suns had them. It was a game of momentum, so definitely was up in the air at uh, many points in time. But when the Sunnies did have the momentum, they just were not punishing the Bombers at all. Like it could have easily been a 20-point Suns win and I would not have been surprised. So like George, you're willing to say, yep, these players are doing well. The Bombers, they certainly look like they have improved. They're giving a lot more effort. But in terms of considering them um, like maybe a potential finals team like I am, the Saints, I don't think it's comparable because they haven't beat anyone um, too impressive just yet. Fair enough. I guess uh, that guy who commented on YouTube, that Zoomist guy, he's going to be pissed, man. Well, look, no, we're giving them a bit more respect. I'm sure our viewers understand that. We can't go all in, but <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. We can't, we can't like everyone. We can't. You can't. Like, I mean, it's we, a game, we it's, can, but we can't. Yeah, no. Well, we've got to have a little bit of edge to us, otherwise we're just boring. You know what I mean? 
Um, so bombers, prove us wrong. Who do um, they have? Do, oh, we'll get it to the tips, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll get we to might it. back them in this week, maybe. Maybe possible, we'll. depending on who. I'm the, not making any promises though. <laughs> 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 and with the last game, um, I actually tipped the Giants. I was the only one. Didn't want to give the clean sweep to the Eagles, but well done, boys, for backing in. That's it. West Coast, wet, wet toast, yeah. wet, wet toast, wet toast, wet toast did it, man. Wet this they time, dry man. this week, man. <laughs> they was they was dry. Um, yeah, nah. They Tim Kelly, he's uh, he's winding back the clock a little bit to his first year of footy. We was playing really good footy. Um, yeah, good on him, man. Good response from West Coast. I mean, we weren't really sure. We we expected them to be better this year. Round one, North too good. What can we say? It happens, but man. it's good to see that they they kind of got some grip back and and. Won a game that they really needed to win. So, the midfield, like Shuey had a good game. You, you mentioned Kelly. Um, Sheed, I think, was all right as well in the midfield. So, just a bit of a stronger performance. Um, and uh, some different goal scorers, like Waterman, I think, kicked four goals, which was good. Yeah. He looks a bit like Fraser Garrick, actually. He's just Whoa. like, you know what I mean? Not as a footballer. We're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> just, the, just the hair. And, you know, the, the very, you know, menacing look that he has in his face. That's, yeah, he's got a bit of Fraser. But I like it. Fraser started off in the Eagles, didn't he? He did, didn't yeah, he? He did. Oh well, there you go. There's yeah. a there's a link I didn't even make. Well, there, there you go. go. Um, I'm Fraser just, Waterman. I'm fairly certain, but yeah. uh, the J train, the J train. I'll tell you what. Look, the Eagles. The difference between what I saw against North live last week and this week was they're just moving the ball a lot more confidently through the corridor, getting it to the forwards without third or fourth men up interfering on the play because they were so slow to get it there. Um, Obviously, North must have done a better job at stopping the flow of the ball movement and the Giants didn't have their best day. But, um, you know, a lot of the time when you're at home, you've got the momentum, just get the ball moving, get the crowd into it, get it to your forwards, kick a winning score. And um, ultimately, that's what they did. So good on them. Giants were undermanned slightly. Mm. So we're not going to overreact. I wouldn't have thought. But um, that's a nice way for them to bounce back after last week. Mm. Yeah. Are we going to see Cadman soon? Well, he was... What was he? Emergency in the end? Did he get off? The, what was he? The sub or something? I don't know. Um, but I, I don't know. He's just someone that I'd like to see eventually because if their forward line wasn't up to it against you know against the West Coast, you could you could do worse than throwing the number one pick in there. Yeah, I think they had him as a potential in, but they didn't pick him in the final squad. So he's close. Um, they did trade up to get him. So yeah, you would have thought they're pretty keen to get some games. Yeah, in. but look, in the end, the fa- we got two and three, and I think two and three are looking really good. So yeah. I'm feeling. I'm f- We're not going to do a VFL extra like we do with the Super Coach, but I'll just say this: George Wardlaw, North Melbourne's other <sighs> top pick from last year, debuted. How'd he go? He played explosive. It was funny because explosive. I was watching it. Boy. I was watching Georgie it. It's boy. something in the name. I was watching it from the beginning. Um, and he's he was got jets. quiet to get into it. And then at one point, I told Matza um, that I was watching, and he jumped on in the third quarter. Yeah, it was after he said, "Oh, Wardlaw kicked his first goal." Yeah. And then I turned it on, and all of a sudden, the Jets were on. He's bursting out of packs, Oof. bouncing off players. So do you think argues. he can come in this week? Is that what we're nah. saying? Nah. He, he played only three quarters because he was coming back from some hammy. Um, concerns slowing him down in the preseason, but Will Phillips. Yeah, I think it was only about thirty or forty percent actual game time. It was yeah. like half of three, half of each of those yeah. quarters that he played. And he had so six tackles, twelve touches, and a goal. Um, now Will Phillips will come in this week. Yeah, Simpkin. yeah, he's the he's the, um, the easy end. Well, look, actually looking ahead to next week, mm. let's start with the tipping boys Thursday let's night. Um, I think we're just giving the AFL praise on these fixtures. Maybe it's a bit of luck now, but the way these are going, well done to them. The doggies hosting the Lions at Marvel. So much on the Huge line for game. the dogs. So Huge much game. on the line. Um, 
part of me is thinking they just bounce back now and get their win finally. But I'm going to give you three letters, N-A-W. No, it's going to be <laughs> Brisbane. No. Come on, man. Come on. Dunkley, Dunkley's going to have a field day, I think, today, uh, yeah. I think on Thursday. Yeah. I think Brisbane. I mean, Brisbane aren't the best. Is it Marvel? Is that Marvel? They're not the best Marvel team. Brisbane. Yeah, they're not the best Marvel team. Yeah, but they're just the better team by far. And they beat Melbourne last week, who were a great team. They're going to win. Yeah. That's, that's my pick. I'll I'm go not, Brisbane I'm not going to entertain it too much. I'm fine with the Brisbane. Yeah, I think the dogs haven't shown enough for us to back them three runs in now. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, Sample size of them being a good footy team this year is very, very small. Yeah. As in, they had a preseason win against North and that's it. So North wasn't even trying. Right? Exactly. Saving exactly. it for the real right. stuff. Um, Friday night, what a cracking game. Collingwood hosting... The Tigers at the G. I'm going to go Collingwood. They've just been too irresistible, but I'm fairly hopeful it will be a very entertaining and close game. I hope so as well, but I you just I can't go against Collingwood no. at this point of the year. The way they've played the first two rounds, they've beaten two quality sides. Yeah, I think they probably play similar football, like a very slingshotty type of game from defense, but yeah. Should be entertaining. Nick, Nick Day cost five goals. Ooh. Five goals. I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was a very random... <laughs> Look, put a bet on it, bro. I'm he sure the odds anything, are good. man. It might make it 10 goals. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, Saturday, 1.45, getting the time slot to themselves again. North Melbourne going to Launceston to play the Hawks. This is an interesting game. But I know what you guys are going to tip and I'm not interested in fighting it. So North Melbourne, maybe. That's it's the it. That's first it. North tip of the That's year for Georgie. Go on, Georgie. Go. I'm bored. Carlton I'm North bored. around four. I want us both to be undefeated. Oh, nice. Hey, We're going to be going to that game, so yes. That's it, man. That's that it. Expect nice. to see the enjoys at that one. Um, well, look, even if I'm taking my North hat off, mm-hmm. North's in form, Hawthorne isn't. So I think we're the safe tip. Yeah, well, yeah. That, no, that we don't have to do that little um, thing where we do the 2v1. That We don't need to do that again. No, but it's, Hawks it's will so probably obvious. see this as a chance, as, as a good opportunity to bounce back. So you'll have to be on. But yeah, I think North is clearly better. And yeah. Mitchell might like actually legitimately kill his players, you know, if they don't do well against, you know, his former mentor in Clarko. So, you know, they, they've got, you know, they've got to watch their backs, the Hawks players. Yeah. There's so. murder on the line. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next game. So speaking of Carlton, they're going to the Giants in Western Sydney. I think we have to go unanimous Carlton for the first time of the year as well. What do you think, Matza? But the thing is, the GWS Giants, they're just... Oh, no, surely not. <laughs> nah, nah. Look, Georgie's been nice enough to tip north, so we'll, I kind of wanted to make it a thing where we always go against Carlton, but uh, well, it's, nah. we need to actually start getting some tips right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we'll, go with, uh, we'll go with the Blues. They, sh- they should win it. I think it's, a, it's a, a decent tip. I think so far we've been unanimous in each of the games. So Things are starting to become a little bit more clear. They I are. Think so. I don't think we're going to argue too much on this next game as well. As good as the Bombers have been, they're going to the G to play the Saners, who are the home team. Mats is mm. considering the Bombers. I, 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 t- I don't know if they'll be able to score. I'm, I'm okay with the Bombers tip here. I'm okay. I think the Saints, I think both teams are bringing a lot of pressure. So I don't think it's going to be one of those things where one shows up and the other doesn't. And they're both on winning streaks. I think the midfield battle could go Essendon's way because Jack Steele, after playing yeah, you know, injured. fearless leader, played through a broken collarbone, um, he's actually going to be out now. So, uh, how, many, I think, how many injuries can Saints get before it gets too much? I don't know. But I'm going to go with the Saints anyway though because I just... I. 
Maybe it's just because I prefer him to Essendon at this point. Look, I see your point about um, the injuries. Jack Steele's a huge out on top of what they're already dealing with. But I just think as the system they play with their de- team defense, I'm finding it hard to see how the Bombers will kick a winning score like they did against Gold Coast and Hawthorne. I think they'll be held maybe to under 70 points. And I just feel like the Saners have a bit more going forward when they do counterattack. So I will tip the Saints, but Bombers, you're causing a bit more of a discussion now. So well done. Keep it up. And maybe better luck at round four. <laughs> we might finally <laughs> tip you. Um, Port versus the Crows in the Derby. Ooh. Adelaide Oval, Saturday night. What a game that is shaping up to be. Mm, yeah, that's 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 probably the... Uh, Toughest one to yeah, pick because even though Adelaide have lost their two games, they've played two decent teams and they've had really good runs. In saying that though, I th- oh, I'm going to go with Port just because, you know, um, one of our favorite sayings, they need to respond. So I'm going to go with Port. Mm, I actually have no idea. You wouldn't want to be betting on this game. There's that, a world where I'm, both I'm, teams I'm gonna win. I'm going to make it difficult for you. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it difficult for you and go first. Go for it. And go the Crows. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> uh, it's, Port have played one really, really good game and one really, really bad game. I was going to say, if, if Dino's making the final choice, we know he's not tipping Port. <laughs> he just can't. You can't. After all that, you were saying you can't. And I won't be offended like I was with the Essendon and the um, Tigers thing. Well, here's what I'm honestly thinking about the game. Right. Forgetting what I said earlier. Like you said, Port's had one really good game, one really bad game. Adelaide has shown something in both of their games, but fallen short. Last year, the Crows beat the power, didn't they? Goal on the siren, Jordan Dawson, if I'm not mistaken. And I would argue that they're a bit better this year. So, with Port Adelaide being so inconsistent and me just disliking them immensely, (laughs) I'm going to have to go the Crows. Uh, But I actually do genuinely believe if they can just string together a little bit more of the good stuff and not get so punished when they're not playing well, uh, yeah, when they're not playing well, then I think they can get it done. The crowd's going to be insane. Um, let's go Crows. All right, cool. Sunday matches now. Gold Coast hosting the Cats. Both teams winless. <laughs> i got a feeling about that. No, we're going with Cats. cats. We can't. Cats. Yeah. It's, it's a shame that Gold Coast are going to go 0-3, and three, but yeah. Yeah, Cats will win. Jack Bowes, mm. best on ground. That's it, man. That's it. Play him on ball. He's going to smash up uh, Took and um, <laughs> and wow. uh, Rowley. Next game is going to be very interesting. Melbourne hosting the Swans at the G. So, I'm, a, I'm, always, I'm always going first. You guys go. <laughs> I'll go first this time. I haven't been first in a while. Go for it. I'm going to go Sydney. The away team. I know usually in those close ones, the home team gets the advantage, but the Swans have been very impressive, albeit not playing the best teams yet. Mm. I think they're just on a roll and I'm backing in the momentum. I'd be interested to look at the ins for Melbourne. Like, is May back? I obviously, think he will be. Obviously, we know Gaunt's not going to be there. That's a big one. They've got some other issues with some other players that I can't recall off the top of my head. I, I love the, the Swans, so I'm going to back them in. They, they, they play right at the G as well. And... I think it's their first real challenge, but I think the Swans are really good. Who did you go, Dino? I went Swans. Oh, I guess mine's uh, mine doesn't really matter. But um, I'll, you know, just to just to make it a 2-1, two, two, I'll go with uh, Melbourne. Um, 
because then if you if we get the tip for this like for the Swans, I feel good because the enjoyer's got the tip. And if Melbourne gets it, then I can say, "Oh, I tip Melbourne." So we'll go with Melbourne. It's a win-win for you. Well done. <laughs> uh, and we end the round with the Western Australian derby. Freo hosting the Eagles. Man, Freo's got a lot on the line in this one. Jeez, massive. Normally, you'd think Freo tears them apart, but they're not playing the type of footy that. No. I still think Freo. I'm. I, I'm still going to tip in Freo. Then no forward line is going to get it done, mate. You reckon? <laughs> do, you th- do you think West Coast can win this game? Of course they can. I think there's a of world where West can. Coast wins this one. There is yes. a world where West Coast win this one. <laughs> what world is um, it? You know, you would have thought it'd be a hard narrative to sell, but um, uh, uh, that's a, this is a really tough one. I'm, I'm going to go with Frio, and that's because here's a game where they match up better. With not the forward line and defense part, but at least their rucks, <laughs> they should get first use. They really should get first use with um, Darcy being such a dominant ruck, you know, against Bailey Williams. Unless Nick Nat all of a sudden decides, hey, I'm ready to go, lads. Um, and he might. I'm going to go with the Freer. Yeah, look, it's an interesting one because North has played both of these teams and we've beaten them both in close games. So still that. North fan in me from the last few years is thinking, well, maybe both of them just aren't that good. Maybe North's gotten a bit lucky. But ultimately, they haven't shown me any reason to be confident in either of them. So I'm going to go for Frio just because I think they're a little bit more ahead of their rebuild. They're 0-2. They have to win this one, surely. I just think they'll get it done somehow. Is is that the last game of the round? Yeah, we're done there. So let's just recap that real quick. So we've gone Brisbane to beat the Dogs at Marvel, Collingwood beating Richmond, North to beat Hawthorne, Carlton to beat Giants, Saints over Essendon, Port or Crows? Crows. Crows we went. Yeah, Yeah, no, it was. It was Crows. We went Crows. We went Geelong to beat the Suns, Sydney to beat Melbourne, and Frio to beat the Eagles. So let's hope we do better than last week. We'll leave it at that for today's episode. I've Thanks. got one more thing. Oh, Ooh, oh one more me. thing. Okay, let's let's go. I just I just thought of it, and oh, it's yes. it's close to the stupidest thing I've ever said. But <laughs> here we go. It's at the end, so if anyone's still listening, you're about to hear something dumb. Let's go. Uh, we, we can s- edit it out. Don't we like. we saw Brisbane and Melbourne, and we saw Brisbane dominate Melbourne, and then the lights went out, and when they came back, Melbourne nearly won the game. So there's a strategy now for the home team, I think. If things are going bad, just cut the lights, man. <laughs> just cut the lights. It's your own stadium. Get yeah. someone in there just to turn off the power. Yeah. Reset. Half an hour break. Half an hour break. Get the coaching in. Stop all the momentum of the powerful team and just do it again. No one will know. Yeah, just put a little fire in one of the lights. Yeah, you know? put one of the you know to a, make it look realistic. It's a prop. It's a prop. The fire. Of, of course, not, that was a prop. A fire. And you need a loud. Apparently, there was a loud bang in the um in the stadium. So you just got to you know get everyone to clap at the same time. And <laughs> wow, <laughs> could you imagine if that happens in a really important game when one team doesn't have the momentum though? That would be very controversial. No, I volunteer as tribute. Bernie Carlton game. Anytime we're losing, I'm happy to, you know, throw an axe at, at a light. <laughs> throw an axe. <laughs> oh, oh bro. The, cut, cut the cord. The so MCG security guards must really suck if you're bringing through an axe. If the lights go out right. in the North versus Carlton game next week, you know who's done it. Yeah, true. <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh, geez. Oh, that's my dumb take of the, of the week. Thanks oh, very much, like George. Like what a great way to end the podcast. Uh, right. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Give the pod a like and sub on YouTube. Five stars on Spotify. Look out for our Supercoach bonus app. That's it. Twitter, Instagram, we there as well. That's it. Thanks for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. Thanks, guys. See you, guys.